If you're a fan of Inside the Vatican, then you would love all of the other smart Catholic resources from America Magazine. Every day, you can find the best in Catholic media from America, whether it's the daily scripture reflections, Vatican analysis, or culture reviews from a Catholic perspective. You need to be reading America for a well-rounded Catholic point of view. And there's never been a better time to try it. To introduce more people to America during the season of Lent, you can try a subscription to America for just $1 for your first month. If you're already a subscriber, this is a great chance to introduce America to someone else in your life. So please help us spread the word. To take advantage of this $1 offer, visit www.americamagazine.org forward slash trial. That's americamagazine.org slash trial. Or click the link in the show notes. Welcome to a special update episode of Inside the Vatican with America Media. I'm your host, Colleen Dully. The Vatican's Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith issued a declaration today that said priests can bless same-sex couples so long as the blessing does not resemble a marriage or coincide with a civil union ceremony. This declaration follows up on the controversial 2021 dubia response from the Dicastery, which said that same-sex unions could not be blessed in a liturgical context. That statement said that God, quote, cannot and does not bless sin. In a dubia response earlier this year, Pope Francis indicated that there still may be some possibility for gay couples to receive blessings. Today's declaration doesn't overturn the previous teaching against liturgical blessings, but it leaves priests to discern whether to give non-liturgical blessings. My colleague, Father James Martin, editor-at-large at America Magazine, joins me today to discuss this development. Welcome, Jim. Thanks. Good to be with you. Thanks for carving out some time. I know you're busy today. Jim, can we just talk through the basics of this? What does this declaration mean practically and like how is it framed? Yeah, practically speaking, uh, it means that priests, deacons, and bishops can, in certain circumstances, bless same-sex couples. Now that, as you said, doesn't mean that there is you know, same-sex marriage uh, allowed in a sacramental way in the church, and it also means you can't do it in a way that may make it seem like it's a marriage, but it's a big step forward because, you know, yesterday I couldn't bless same-sex couples publicly in any sort of setting. Now I can. So it is a significant step forward. The declaration uh, also uh, offers a kind of theology of blessings and in a sense tries to provide some theological support uh, for what they're doing. Now, a declaration is doctrinally a bigger deal than a dubia response in terms of the hierarchy of church documents. So can you talk me through the significance of this being a declaration? Sure. So a responsum to a dubium, which is uh, more and more used by the uh, Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, which a lot of people would know uh, by its former name, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, or the CDF. Mm -hmm. uh, so the DDF is using these responsums more, but they're answers to a specific pastoral question that, say, a bishop or a priest might ask. So can I do this? Can I do that? What does the church teach about this or that? A declaration is much more thorough, and I would say, therefore, more authoritative because it provides a whole underpinning you know, theologically. So it's not just here's an answer to a question. It's here's a theological reflection on a larger topic, and the larger topic in this case is blessings. And according to the Vatican, the last declaration from the DDF, which I was shocked to find out, is Dominus Jesus, uh, which is the Vatican's declaration on 
non-Catholic Christian denominations and other religions, which was a huge document. We covered it extensively, had a whole issue on it in America Magazine. So this is a pretty big deal. And I think we'll, people shouldn't kind of minimize what it is. What would you say to LGBT folks who are maybe trying to make sense of this, who are trying to kind of figure out their own reactions? What message do you have for them? I'd say rejoice at this early Christmas gift from the Vatican. You mentioned how this is framed in the context of being sort of a, a theology of blessings. Really, the thing about blessing same-sex couples is only a small part of this, and it mostly even focuses on the question of blessings for people in what the Vatican calls irregular unions. So that's, you know, divorced and remarried folks. That's people, as was often talked about at the Synod, in polygamous relationships. And then it could also be same-sex couples. Can you uh, talk me through this theology of blessings? Yeah. So before, in the response in 2021, the line that everybody remembers is God cannot and does not bless sin. Right. Which really hurt some people. We talked to folks on Inside the Vatican about that. And in fact, uh, Pope Francis was not too happy with it. And I was just looking it up. Removed uh, from the CDF was uh, Father Morandi, who apparently was the, the chief author of that. So there was a sense of Francis himself not liking the way that that was framed. But it's clear there's now a, a turnabout. And, and what does it mean? Well, basically, uh, they're looking at a theology of blessing, and they're looking at Francis's sort of different statements on blessing. And it basically says that a blessing means that someone wants God's help in their lives, uh, and certainly in the life of a couple. And so that's what it is. It's a holy desire for God's help, even though, you know, for example, a, a particular a relationship might not be uh, perfect in the eyes of the church. So rather than saying God doesn't bless sin, it's saying, you know, God blesses all of us in our desire for God's presence in our lives, which is true. And I think, you know, when people ask you for a blessing on a street, right, that, that's what they're looking for. Can you, can you help me feel God's presence in my life? So I think it's, I think it's wonderful and pastoral. And as they say many times, in keeping with Pope Francis's outreach and inclusion, of all people. I want to talk about this as a development because Cardinal Fernandez frames it as a development. So how does this build on or does it contradict the 2021 statement? Can you explain that a little bit? I think it doesn't contradict it in that it doesn't set up a sacramental marriage for same-sex couples, right? So it is not saying that the traditional teaching is now abrogated, but it is a development. I mean, I think we have to be clear. Sometimes people sort of skirt around these issues, but this is a change and doctrine does develop. We know that most recently, for example, on the death penalty, probably the most uh, public example when uh, there was still a bit of an opening and now the door is shut on that, on the death penalty. Further back, uh, we have the Second Vatican Council with change teaching on our relation with non-Christian denominations. I mean, you know, for a time you couldn't set foot in a Protestant church, you know, that has definitely changed, right? And so it is a development and it's, it's a deepening and it's also the reflection on people's experiences. This was talked about a lot at the Synod, that the church is invited to and has always been invited to reflect on how the Holy Spirit is at work in different people's experiences. And in this case, in the experiences of same-sex couples and other couples. And I want to put this in a little bit of context. We've seen a few other developments like this that, you know, may not have been negating previous teaching, but still make it clear that the Vatican's theology, especially 
as regarding pastoral care of people in different sexual relationships. It's developing and it's it's meant to be moving in a more pastoral and open direction. So for example, just within the last few months, the Vatican has declared that trans people can be baptized, can serve as godparents, which they weren't barred from before, but it was kind of a question mark. And there was just recently a clarification that unwed mothers should be welcome in churches and welcome to the sacraments. Again, it's a pastoral question where you have sometimes these women are not feeling welcome in the church. So what's your read on all of this? You know, Colleen, that's a very interesting question, and it requires some nuance because uh, you're right. In the past, there was no barring of people having uh, transgender baptisms and things like that, but it was done. In other words, people were barring it. Here, in the case of same-sex blessings, it was forbidden, at least for the last two years. You may not do this, and it is opening up the door. In terms of a theological move, This is the first time, truly, that in a pastoral setting, in a theological setting, uh, something good is seen in same-sex relationships, right? You know, in Pope Francis's comments, of course, you know, which are more off the cuff, he talked about same-sex couples and LGBTQ people. But this is a pretty significant opening. They're basically saying there is something good here, and God can accompany people in these situations. And it permits priests and deacons and bishops, I'm not sure about this interpretation, but other lay leaders, right, Catholic pastoral associates, to do these things, to bless these couples freely, right? One of the things I was surprised about was I expected if this document were to come out, it would say something like, well, this needs to be approved by local bishops' conferences, or the, the local bishop will decide this, right? Or the pastor. No, it leaves a lot of latitude up to the individual minister, which is also a surprise. I think that's kind of going unseen. This is, this is pretty broad. Yeah, it leaves a lot up to the individual priest in this case. But I can also imagine that there will be priests who disapprove of this measure, who refuse to do it. Does this leave it up to their discernment or does it say, no, you have to do this if somebody approaches you for a blessing? I don't think it says you have to do it, but I think it gives permission to priests who want to do it to do it. Uh, You're right. There will be priests and bishops and maybe some cardinals who disapprove of this and won't do it. And you might foresee, perhaps they might come out with some commentary that says, not in my diocese. That's going to be hard to do in light of what the Vatican has just said. The amazing thing is that it it is done at all. You know, and I often say to people, what seems lukewarm to us in the West, right, Western Europe and the United States, is really white hot in other parts of the world. So for most people, they might say, oh, that's nice. That's a nice thing. And gee, I thought they were able to do that already. And oh, gee, the Anglicans started that, you know, a few weeks ago. In other parts of the world, this is, this is really uh, quite something. And I'm already seeing it online, people being very surprised by this. Yeah, in the same way that Pope Francis saying that these couples should have legal protections was seen as a white hot thing in certain parts of the world where homosexuality is criminalized. That's correct. And I think, uh, you know, we saw a little bit of that in the Synod. But really, I think we have to be rejoicing over this. This is an early Christmas present for the Catholic Church and for so many people who have felt that God really isn't accompanying them and that the church more specifically is not accompanying them. And now they will feel more accompanied and able to do these things in public. So now I can go in my collar in some public setting and bless a same-sex couple, which I could not do before, right? I mean, imagine if you saw me with my hand up and blessing over a same-sex couple holding hands or something, I would have gotten into trouble. Now I will not. You know, as long as it's not in the context of a wedding, it's a big change for priests. I can sense as you're talking about this that you are 
relieved by that. And I wonder, have you heard from folks in the LGBT community who you minister to about their reactions? Delighted already. Delighted. I can't believe it. Congratulations. Thank you. They're, they're delighted. And you know, these things sometimes kind of feel like they're dropping out of the sky for people who don't follow the church as, as much as we do. But, you know, I'd heard that this was uh, at least being discussed in the Vatican when I was at the Synod in terms of kind of framing it as a theology of blessing. And I think it's a significant step forward. Have you heard from people who think that it's like not a big enough step? Well, not yet, because people are pretty happy about it. I think eventually you'll hear from people who might say, well, it's not enough. We need same-sex marriages in the Catholic Church. You're also going to hear, and you've already heard from people, I've already heard from people who say it's too much. That's always the case with these things. Uh, It's either too little, too late, or way too much, and I'm leaving the church, uh, which I think means that Pope Francis uh, and the Vatican are trying to thread the needle on this. It's also going to be really a great relief, I think, for most LGBTQ Catholics and their families and friends. I think one thing to remember is when we talk about LGBTQ Catholics, people sometimes say, well, it's a very small percentage of the population, which it is, five, 6%, whatever it is. But their families, their friends, their coworkers, that's an increasingly large part of the Catholic Church. And so this will affect many Catholics because it will affect people in their families and their friends and in their parishes as well. So it is a very big step. Jim, you did just spend a month in Rome for the Synod. I was there too covering it. And LGBT issues we heard from participants were discussed a lot, but they didn't make it by that name into the final document, which left some people feeling like, you know, was it left out because it was too controversial or because there wasn't enough agreement on this? How does this declaration relate to those synod discussions, if it does at all? Well, it'll be very interesting to see if this comes up next year. You know, the synod, as you said, in its final synthesis, did talk about questions of sexuality and identity, in Italian even stronger, uh, sexual orientation and gender identity. And it talked about listening to people. But you're right, we weren't able to reach some sort of consensus on even using the term LGBTQ. And yet, the synthesis document talked about listening to people where they are, accompanying them, asking people who are affected by these rules to really make their voices known. And I think people have made their voices known on this particular question. I mean, the question of blessing same-sex union has been in the atmosphere for the last five or 10 years. uh, And so people have been listening. The other thing I want to say is this, the synod uh, is one part of the church, right? It is not the entire part of the church. It is consultative. It's meant to help Pope Francis and other Vatican officials understand what's going on. This is another part of the church. You know, the Synod does its work and the DDF does its work, right? And both, I think, supplement one another. It'll be very interesting when we go back to see if this will be talked about, you know, if at all, because the Synod may decide we're not going to be talking about LGBT stuff because we're too far apart. So I see this as an important part of the church, obviously the DDF, doing their work. This is what they should be doing. And the Synod is doing its work too. Right. And and very fitting with the instruction that Pope Francis gave to Cardinal Fernandez when he appointed him as head of the Dicasteries per the Doctrine of the Faith, which was to advance theology. That is an excellent point. And this is, in fact, what he's doing. And that letter to him, it was very open and very inclusive. And you could see a shift in the DDF. That's That's a really important point. Obviously, this shift may exacerbate divisions in the church. I wonder if you could talk to me about that. Like, do you think that there's a risk of even further dividing the church after this? There is a risk, but I think it's kind of the tension between unity and prophecy, right? So unity would say, we never do anything that's going to upset anybody, right? Even at the risk of stasis. 
Uh, prophecy says at some point you have to move the ball forward, you know, after reading the signs of the times, not in a, in a, in an irresponsible way. And that may upset people. And I think that's what Pope Francis is trying to balance here. So yeah, there will be people who will be upset. Um, and I think we have to listen to their concerns. By the same token, I think it's really important for us to to note that that this is an important part of the Catholic world, the LGBT group, and again, their families and their friends. And you know, when does uh, at some point uh, a pastoral approach, even if it upsets people, when is that appropriate? Right. I mean, it really goes to the heart of the opposition to Francis, which is really, I think, an opposition to kind of treating people as individuals with consciences. Right. Uh, I think a lot of the opposition can be traced to that. And here we are looking at same-sex couples, you know, who know that they can't get married in the church, who are just looking for a blessing. Yeah. In the past, cardinals have blessed tanks and guns. Uh, we bless boats and dogs and terrariums and whatever, and nothing against dogs and terrariums. The idea that um, you know you couldn't bless you know a, a loving couple uh, mm-hmm. who are caring for one another. I mean, the most extreme example. Imagine if. I were in the hospital with a couple and one of the people was, was taking care of the other who's dying. Father, can you give us a blessing? Mm-hmm. I mean, to not be able to bless that, I think, is really wrong. And so I think that's what this declaration is setting a right. All right. Father James Martin, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. If you're a fan of Inside the Vatican, then you would love all of the other smart Catholic resources from America Magazine. Every day, you can find the best in Catholic media from America, whether it's the daily scripture reflections, Vatican analysis, or culture reviews from a Catholic perspective. You need to be reading America for a well-rounded Catholic point of view. And there's never been a better time to try it. To introduce more people to America during the season of Lent, you can try a subscription to America for just $1 for your first month. If you're already a subscriber, this is a great chance to introduce America to someone else in your life. So please help us spread the word. To take advantage of this $1 offer, visit www.americamagazine.org forward slash trial. That's americamagazine.org slash trial. Or click the link in the show notes.